Welcome to the Dogsthorpe Infant School, part of Hampton Academy's Trust. Eddie and Captain Dave are in the Learning Journey rocket, ready for takeoff. This is your captain speaking. We've been cleared for departure. Okay, Eddie, start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Listening to Launchpad, the Dogsthorpe Infant School podcast. Welcome back to Eddie's Launchpad. Eddie is here. It's very, very warm today, as we record this, and he is laying on the cold laminate. But I'm guessing that when you uh, when you hear this in September, because we're recording this in the summer, when you hear this in the in the autumn, he'll probably be back in his chair again because. For some reason, he gets very hot in his co-pilot seat. Anyway, Series 2 of Eddie's Launchpad continues with a brand new episode every Friday. Don't forget to tune in. That's all through every term time. Just tune in on a Friday and you'll get a new Eddie's Launchpad. And don't forget that every Monday, folks, we now revisit a past guest who features on the Launchpad in a new Eddie Goes Zoom podcast. So if you want to revisit some of the people that we've had on, great guests, tune in on a Monday. But today, being a Friday, we've got a new friend for you to meet. Now, if you've been on our website or you viewed the Trilby TV screens around our school, you will be already familiar with today's guest. John B has been teaching for over 11 years and in that time his love of maths has provided schools with lots of resources for us here at Dogsthorpe Infant School, which we use, and for thousands of children through the Great North Maths Hub. Now, how can he help you, parents and teachers? Well, I think he can help you a lot. Let's find out. Welcome to the show, Mr B. Thank you. Now, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what's brought you to this stage in your career? Sure. Um, I trained to teach in 2011, graduated from university um, in the northeast of England. You can possibly tell by the accent. Uh, uh, it's Sunderland University, actually, uh, and really got the book from there. Um, was always quite good at maths growing up, but, you know, not really stunning, not terrible either. Um, and... Yeah, I think uh, after a few years of actually being in the classroom and teaching, I kept on coming back to maths as a kind of um, a favourite lesson of mine uh, that, that I would teach. Uh, fast forward a few years, once I kind of put my teeth in education and teaching, I um, actually went back to do a master's degree uh, at Sunderland University. And then um, it kind of blossomed from there. I had an idea. Um, that I wanted children to be able to kind of to, to master the basics, the real fundamental of maths. Um, because it's something, it's a, it's a real gift that you can give to, to children um, and something which sticks with them far beyond their education. Um, and, and really that was the that was the drive for it. Just before we went into the, um, the, the first lockdown in, in the pandemic, um, I was actually in the process of designing um, a few things, putting them out on social media, 
um, and they, um, they they gained a little bit of traction. And I thought there's, there's probably a bit more in in that. Um, so kept on developing and have never looked back since, really. Do you teach in the northeast? I do, yes. Um, I teach in a primary school at the moment in Gateshead and kind of between jobs, I suppose. Um, but I'm about to take up a deputy head position in uh, in September. Uh, oh. So I'll still be teaching English and maths uh, on the morning and released on uh, for deputy head uh, duties on the afternoon. Uh, so I'm still able to kind of share my passion uh, with, the, with the children in my school, um, but increasingly um, across the Northeast with the Great North Maths Hub. I'm a primary marshy specialist with them. Um, and that's probably um, been a really defining role in my career, actually. There's, they're, they're not just um, solely for the Great North Maths Hub. Um, primary marshy specialists are all over the United Kingdom. Kingdom and it's incredible professional development um, for teachers, uh, senior leaders and, um, and everyone kind of in between. That's the thing about maths though, isn't it? I mean, I, I remember back to my days when I was at school, we had to do logarithms. And whilst we got, whilst we looked in these books at these logarithms and trying to work these things out, I think I'm never going to use this. In my mm. life, I'm never going to use it. But maths is so important. You know, mm. from from the point of making sure you're not getting shortchanged in a shop to just everyday life, we are using maths all the time. And it's and it's such great fun, parents. That's the thing. It's to, to teach a young child about maths is so easy and it is so much fun. And that's what I like about Mr. B's resources. They are so good because they're fun, they're light, but they are so very, very important in, in the in the world. Um, and it's something that children will use all through their life. It's something that they learn at school, a bit like writing and signing their name. They'll be using it for the rest of their life. And so that's why these, these resources are very, very important. Now, every day you put on a new, a new resource, a maths resource for uh, Key Stage 1 and Key Stage 2. So you, do you just mainly focus on primary, Mr B? Yeah, so the resources are aimed at primary solely because that's my experience. It's what I'm trained for. Um, but the resources, with a kind of looking at them through the lens of a parent, um, have been designed with over 10 years of experience at the national curriculum. I've taught in every phase um, of school now, um, but they, they've been designed in such a way for key stage one children to apply um, really fundamental facts in arithmetic. So, for example, um, there, there might be some arithmetic questions which are on recall of times table, and then the main task will apply what the children have just done in the arithmetic. So the idea with the daily tasks is that children start with the arithmetic and then move on to more of the reasoning and problem solving um, element of that. It's kind of given the children the tools to be able to do the maths and then to apply it in a, in a bigger situation. Um, so yeah, they, um, they, they, they're quite meticulously designed and the, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the tasks are designed so that children can make connections and links and it's about teachers, parents really drawing out those links. For example, um, I've just been talking about times tables um, on some of the tasks I'm sure um, children at school have seen them um, it may be that the children do one times something, three times something, five times something, seven times something, and nine times something, and are able to draw out what the product is, but actually 
Um, what that what that allows children to do, if you realise those were all odd numbers, well, what happens when you multiply an odd number by a number, and then children can really start and make generalisations. So I think at, at face value, the resources um, do look quite, you know, as you put it, light and accessible for the children, but actually the way in which they're designed allows for a really rich mathematical discussion and thinking. It's funny, isn't it? Things come in waves, don't they? When I was at school, you had to learn your your, your times table and mm. you had to learn them parrot fashion. You mm. had to recite them like a poem. And mm. and then suddenly that went off the off the radar and children mm. didn't do that. And now it's back on and times tables are very important and they are. But what I found, and I don't know if you if you gow you what your view is on this, Mr. B, but mm. um, when I was really young and I just learned my times table. If I was trying to work out uh, something, something times seven, I had to go through the whole song because, <laughs> you know, oh, we had learnt it like that. And I mean, I, I got, got better, folks. I don't stand in Tesco's now reciting <laughs> my eight times table. But it's, it's, it's vital. It's important. And, and for, for a few years, we lost that, didn't we? And then now, now it's back in big time, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think there is a place for uh, knowing your times tables and having that instant recall. Um, once you unlock times tables, it really unlocks the, the wider curriculum uh, for children. Um, but there is equally a place for children um, thinking really um, intelligently about how the times tables work. So, you know, if, if you know what four times five is, you can then generalise what 12 times five is, because you, you can generalize that actually um, it's treble whatever the product of the, of the previous one is so there's a there, there's certainly a place for for both of, of rapid recall and just knowing the facts um, but there's also a place for you know thinking a, a bit deeper and uh, in more sophisticated ways about them percentages that's all very important as well isn't it yeah, sure. And percentages links very uh, closely to fractions. We yeah. our minds actually think in fractional parts. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the, the links that children uh, need to make in Key Stage 2 and beyond with fractions, decimals and percentages. Again, I think I think perhaps um, 10 to 20 years ago, maths would have been taught in isolation. Um, the, the curriculum now is far more designed for children to make connections and links. So actually, um, the children in Key Stage 2 will be making those links between fractions, decimals and percentages. For schools and parents that are listening, Mr B, what, mm. what can you offer them? So my resources, um, um, they may or may not be familiar with uh, my website. A lot of my resources are digital and ready to download online. They have been developed uh, from the initial conception of it being daily tasks. Um, which is the ones which you've been mentioning on Trilby TV. Um, there's also assessment documents, um, which are done in line with the, I was going to say the new national curriculum, but it's the curriculum which has been out since 2014. Um, I've also had the privilege of um, publishing two books with Bloomsbury Education, one for Key Stage 1 and one for Key Stage 2. Those are physical and um, they're called Maths Mastery Reasoning and they follow a very similar kind of structure to the daily tasks. Um, and it, what, what the books actually do is take one task and then differentiate it by changing just one variable or one very small thing. Um, and it really allows the children to start at a very, a very easy accessible starting 
starting point, but then to deepen their understanding through. So there are there are books available. Uh, oh, there's all kinds. There's things on variation theory, uh, which is probably a whole other podcast in itself. Um, there I have a, a, a curriculum which I've designed. Um, there's things for SATs uh, for Key Stage 1 and Key Stage 2 as well. Um, there's display materials, you know, if their parents want to put things up on their fridge, for example, at home. Um, I've got a thing which I developed a few years back called Blockbusters. Um, you may remember the initial show Blockbusters. Yeah, yeah. This is all maths. Um, the children have to find the path from left to right um, with a particular criteria. It might be adding 10, for example, in Key Stage 1. Um, there's examples of lesson plans, concept maps, um, and overview. So there's there's all kinds um, that, that are available on my website and through Amazon as well. Thank you for all you're doing because anything that helps is is, is just really important. Um, we've got this will go out right at the time when our our early years will be starting school, so parents will be very nervously coming up that path for the very first time with their children, mm -hmm. and their children will start to explore maths for the very mm -hmm. first time. They may have done rudimentary stuff, but they will start to do their maths in school. What advice could you give to parents? that have young, very young children just starting school in regard to encouraging them at home to do maths? I think there's there's lots actually that can be done. I think the probably the most accessible point for parents would be to watch a show called Number Blocks, which is available on CBBC. Um, and that's actually designed by the um, one of the directors of the National Centre for Excellence in the Teaching for Mastery, she actually works with alongside the BBC to design that show. And again, it's so cleverly put together uh, and supports children with their understanding of the number system up to 20 and beyond. Um, so that would be the first thing. Um, have a look at uh, number blocks. Uh, on CBBC. Um, the second thing would be to ensure that children understand numbers zero to five initially and then to 10 and then progressing to 20. Um, but more than that, it would be that children can associate that to a, a quantity of objects. Um, and for example, you know, the children might be able to pick out three marbles and count them reliably um, and then write the number, the numeral um, three next to it. Uh, and to understand that actually that amount of something links to that numeral. And that needs to be done in early years in so many different ways so that children really understand the concept of what the, the value of that digit means. Um, and I think the, the final thing that I would say for early years is just lots of play, lots of discussion. Uh, around maths. Uh, things like board games are excellent to develop in children's reasoning and critical thinking and those are all really key things um, that children will continue to develop at school through the curriculum and hopefully um, as they sustain that through the rest of their life. So those would be my kind of three top tips to go to for parents. Thank you for your time today, John. I'm very, very grateful to you for all the maths that you do, and we, we appreciate it greatly at Dog Soap Infants. Um, if people want to find out more, where can they go? Where's the best place for them to go? I am on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of the big social media um, accounts. My Twitter handle is at Mr. B Teach. 
Um, I also have the website, which is mrbteach.com. Um, and yeah, I was just looking the other day, actually, at some of the statistics of, and it still really blows my mind how many people are accessing these resources and, and using yeah. them, not only in, in the UK, but increasingly across the world. Um, I was surprised to see um, places as far flung as um, kind of India, parts of Africa, Australia. So, you know, um, these resources are having a really big impact, which is wonderful to see. But yeah, I'm on all of the social media uh, accounts, um, TikTok account as well, um, for those parents under 30. Uh, <laughs> what are you saying? I've got a TikTok account. I'm over 30. <laughs> I'm probably the only old age pensioner on it. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that was another lockdown thing, which happens, um, you know, bored in lockdown, thought I would create a TikTok account. And of course, the Mr. B stuff ended up on there. Um, so yeah, that's the kind of the main avenues. Um, I'm also up on YouTube. There's some videos on YouTube of me with... Um, kind of how, demonstrating how to use the resources and uh, how schools have used them. So, uh, yeah, man, all, basically all of the uh, all of the social medias. As always, folks, don't forget that uh, everything will be in the text of the podcast. You're, you're just one click away from all the things that Mr B's been telling us about. Thank you for your time today, Mr B. Long may it continue. Um, listeners, if you want to go and just have a quick look at uh, our website, you will see a logo with Mr B's resources logo. And when you click on that, it'll take you to the daily thing that Mr B was telling us about. Thank you for your time today, Mr B. You're welcome. Thank you very much. And so another great show comes to an end. Eddie and Captain Dave thank you all for listening to their show. Tune in again soon when Eddie's Launchpad will be waiting to take you and your children on another exciting learning journey to dream, believe and shine. He's a well-being dog And he's here at Dog Thorpe School He's such a little cutie Wagging his tail And the kids all think he's cool He makes them feel safe Great for mental health He gives them confidence From his fairy self Not talking about money But he brings so much wealth Is Eddie Esther the well-being dog well, his name is Eddie Edster, he's a well-being dog. He had his paws up for the summer break. He was burying a bone, lazing round the home. It's a dog's life and no mistake. But soon Eddie will be back at school. Seeing all the children they think is cool. There's no doubt about it, Eddie ain't no fool. Is Eddie Edster the well-being dog? This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Edster, the Dogsorp Infant School Wellbeing Dog, part of Hampton Academy's Trust. It's the school where stars learn to dream, believe and shine.